9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. It is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Haven't had a ton of wines today, necessarily. Got a text uh, from Bird Dog over at uh, Bird Family Insurance. Good morning, Bird Dog. Good morning, gentlemen. Love the show this morning. A few things. Love the exciting Avs overtime win. Nuggets just getting warmed up. Bills over Dolphins in Sunday Night Thriller. Of course, to decide the AFC East Championship. There's a scenario where the Bills could not make the playoffs. That just, it, it's, that's what's, I think, interesting about the NFL, where you go from, you could win a division title yeah. to potentially not even being in the playoffs at all. Missing the playoffs <laughs> completely. And the Broncos could potentially contribute to that with that, that Monday night football win over the Buffalo Bills. Good to hear from you, Bird Dog. Appreciate it. All right, 901. And it's time to talk a little CSU Rams basketball with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth. Talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, on the Jim Davis Show. And with us right now, Brian Roth at the call last night on the Rams opening up Mountain West Conference play with a home victory over the New Mexico Lobos. Brian, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on this morning. Indeed. Good morning, Jim. How are we? I'm doing well. And uh, things are very... Very well in uh, in Rams country with the win last night over New Mexico. A couple of teams with the twelve and one records, and uh, the Rams with Isaiah Stevens, Patrick Cartier with a huge game last night, twenty one points, taking down New Mexico. And and I saw this on uh, Twitter on X. Excuse me, I don't want Elon Musk to give me a call on X from Seth Davis. Isaiah Stevens is the smartest player in college basketball. Every decision he makes is correct. Fourteen points on. Five of nine field goals, eight assists, three turnovers. As uh, CSU taking down a very good New Mexico team, or taking a very good New Mexico team to the woodshed. Some high praise from a guy that knows his basketball in Seth Davis. <laughs> yeah, a little hyperbole mixed in there as well. I mean, he might be the smartest player in college basketball, but like any other player, <laughs> he does make mistakes and does make wrong decisions. He had three turnovers last night, so. Um, if Seth doesn't ever think he makes the wrong decision, then, you know, he obviously hasn't seen every single minute. Now, sure. with that being said, Seth is about 95% correct there. I mean, it's it, it seemingly Isaiah Stevens doesn't do a lot of stuff wrong, right? I mean, just, he just, he does make, for the most part, nine times out of 10, 19 out of 20, the right decision. And, you know, New Mexico threw the kitchen sink at him last night, as, as everybody does every single night out. I mean, the number one objective of teams playing Colorado State is don't let Isaiah Stevens kill you, but the thing that he can do, he can beat you in so many different ways, and obviously he's one of the best assist men in the entire nation, uh, leading the Rams in scoring as well. Last night, as you just said, 18 points, eight rebounds for him, or eight uh, assists, rather, in the contest, and he he's, he's fun to watch, Jim, and Adam Igon, who's uh, my broadcast partner, who uh, is a former uh, walk-on, a former scholarship player under Tim Miles, um, you know, we we look look at each other and say, we got to enjoy this because, you know, it's game one of an 18-game Mountain West Conference schedule that CSU embarked on, and there's only 17 more regular season games that we get front row seats to watch Isaiah Stevens, then you get Mountain West tournament, and then hopefully postseason play in the NCAA, and the clock is ticking to watch the greatness that has, you know, evolved into Isaiah Stevens. 
And last note, the 18 points, uh, if memory serves me correctly, uh, Brian reached 2,000 points in his career. Zay 2K is what uh, is, is what the, the nickname is that's flying around right now. Zay Love 2K, it. I like it. It sounds good. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, he, he passed Pat Dorham. We talked about it last time uh, in the Loyola Marymount game. It was the all-time leading scorer for Colorado State. And, you know, he can just get his shot in so many different ways. And I, I mentioned the Loyola Marymount broadcast a, a couple of weeks ago. I think he could have had 28, 30 points if he wanted to. Um, you know, he can get to any spot on the floor he wanted to in that game. His mid-range game is just so good. I mean, he can hit, hit contested mid-range jumpers, but if but if you let him get in the paint, he's got float game. Uh, he can really do anything. He certainly can finish at the rim. And then, you know, he's shooting over, what, 46% from deep uh, on the season. And he's a three-level scorer and is an excellent distributor of the basketball. And, you know, super smart and uber competitive. There isn't anything in college basketball that Isaiah Stevens has not seen last night was his 131st career game. That moves him into second place all time on the CSU program record list. Moved ahead of Dorian Green, the best, great point guard back uh, in the early 2010s. Of course, led the Rams to a couple of NCAA tournaments and a tournament win. Last time the Rams had a win in the tournament back in 2013. And on Saturday night against Utah State, he'll go to 132 in terms of games played. That'll tie him for the school record with Nico Carbaccio. And then, uh, you know, next Tuesday in Boise, they'll play in his 133rd game in a Ram uniform, and that uh, will be the most ever. He's the play-by-play voice of the CSU Rams. Brian Roth with us today on the Team Sports Network. And as much as we've talked about Isaiah Stevens, Patrick Cartier deserves a lot of credit for how uh, the Rams played last night. 21 <clears throat> points for, for Cartier. Did a, did a nice job, hit a big three. I believe they helped to give them a six-point lead in the, in the first half. But... Uh, but Cartier, along with Isaiah Stevens, uh, um, a nice effort by both those guys last night. Well, Cartier is such a throwback player, and you know, again, he's six foot eight, he's two hundred and twenty pounds, and and doesn't get off the floor like other big men across the country to, to do. And there's other big men out there, and New Mexico had them, had a plethora of them uh, that are just taller, they're longer, they're more bouncy, they're they're better athletes. And that's not what Patrick Cartier is. He's not an above-the-rim player. He's a below-the-rim player. He's got that old man game, right? And he is so fun to watch because his footwork is impeccable. He uses his left hand as well as the right hand. He can finish in a myriad of ways at the rim. And, you know, it certainly he can step out and knock down threes, too. And he, he's shooting over 50% from, from downtown. Now, he's not going to be a volume three-point shooter. But he's a guy, if you're a five-man and you're backing off him, he's going to step out to the top of the key and, and knock down a three on a consistent basis. And it makes him such a tough matchup. And I, I think guys look at him, opponents and, 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 and opposing players, and say, oh, this guy's not going to be able to do much against me. And then they get in the game and the way that Cartier uses his body and again, the footwork and, and the finishing ability at the rim. Next thing you know, I think a lot of these guys look up and say, whoa, this dude has 21 on us, and so he's he's a lot of fun to watch. And and again, this is a CSU team that just they run and execute their offensive sets and their offense to to near perfection, and that's what's allowed them to be one of the top assist teams in the entire nation. It's what allows them to score at 84 points per game and 
and seemingly get so many good shots at the rim. Rams entered last night's game shooting over 53% on the season from the floor, number one in the nation. And it's because it's a team effort every single night out there for Colorado State. Another performance we should mention from last night, Nick Clifford, double-double for the, the Rams last night. Yeah, and just as I mentioned, you know, Patrick Cartier, Jim, is, is kind of that, that throwback, uh, the, the dude that plays under the rim and, and does everything but dunk. Then you get Nick Clifford in, and he is a phenomenal athlete, 6'6", super long, the the best NBA prospect on, on the, the Colorado State roster, and and he's starting to get some some scouts, you know, eyeballs on him uh, here this season because he he does have that body that can play at the uh, at the highest level in the world, of course, which is the NBA. And he is an above the rim player. He had a couple of big time dunks last night in the contest for CSU. And, uh, he's just really flourished. And sometimes guys just need new scenery. And and he really struggled last year at Colorado. You know, he still was a starter, but his scoring was way down. His shooting was way down. And, and you know, needed to change his senior. He came to Colorado State, and this offense beats him to a T because it's a lot of cutting. Uh, it's a lot of screening. It's uh, using your instincts. And he's gotten so many good looks at three. When you get good looks, guess what? The shooting percentage goes up, right? And he's shooting over 50% from deep. But he also has that ability to fight down the lane and getting at a couple big dunks last night. And a double-double. You know, again, 11 points, 10 rebounds. CSU's not a good rebounding team. Now they're not terrible, but that's not what they do. Last night, though, against a bigger, taller, very good rebounding team in New Mexico, the Rams went plus nine. And the big reason for that was Nick Clifford and his ability to really elevate and go up there and, and, and get the basketball. And he had several... Uh, rebounds last night where he just came skying through the lane and just ripped the ball away from one of the New Mexico big men. So, I mean, the pieces have just fit together this year, and you don't know if that's ever going to happen when you add new pieces and, and what's the chemistry going to be like. But this team has gelled, and they have played exceptional basketball. He's the voice of CSU Rams. Brian Roth with us today on the Team Sports Network, uh, CSU, the 13th-ranked Rams, picking up the win last night at home over New Mexico, 76-68. to 68. And, you know, something we should mention, New Mexico, they came in 12-1. and one. It, It's a good basketball team, and, and the Rams had the 17-point lead in the second half. Uh, the Lobos made a little bit uh, dicey there toward the end of the basketball game. Yeah, they did. They, they got it down to, what, I think, six that at one point under a minute. But, you know, I, I really never felt like that game was, was – you know, in, in, in the balance towards the towards the final few minutes. And listen, New Mexico's really good. I mean, they're receiving votes in both of the polls. They brought in an 11-game win streak. They were picked to finish third in the Mountain West Conference. I mean, they 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 have the, the best trio of guards in the entire league. They have an embarrassment of riches in the backcourt. And and again, they're they're really big along the front line. I mean, that's a good win last night. I mean, New Mexico. It's going to win a lot of games. Mexico, at this point, is an NCAA tournament team. And so for CSU to do what they did, and, and really up three at halftime, they were up three early stages of the second half, Jim, 43-40, and then the Rams went on a 10 nothing run, made it 53-40. All of a sudden, it's 13. It got up to 17. Never got down below single digits until I believe there were 68 seconds left. And... Again, New Mexico hit a couple of threes. Rams missed a couple of free throws down the stretch. And, and all of a sudden, that game 
got down to a two-possession game with about 20 seconds left. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> that's a good win. And to open up conference play with New Mexico at home, um, one of the top teams that you're going to be battling for, uh, a Mountain West Conference championship with, you just have to hold home court. You, you just have to. If you want to win a Mountain West Conference championship, you got to win those games on your home court because you know you're going to drop a few of those on other people's home courts, whether it's at San Diego State, at Utah State on Saturday night, the return trip to the pit down in Albuquerque. Those are going to be <clears throat> impossibly tough games. So you've got to hold home court, and certainly the Rams were able to do that last night. Rams play-by-play voice Brian Roth with us today on the Team Sports Network. So you mentioned Utah State. You, the Rams had there on Saturday for conference play. Uh, Utah State coming off the win against Air Force, 88-60. to they're, they're really good, too. They're 13-1. and Mountain West is, is loaded this year. And correct me if I'm saying his name wrong, great Osabor? Yeah, that, that's it. And to be honest with you, Jim, I learned his name yesterday when I started to do some research at Utah State because they returned nobody off last year's team. Nobody. They're one of three teams in the entire nation that didn't return a single point from the previous roster. That's crazy. Uh, and it's really incredible what they've been able to do. But yeah, Grant um, Osapor, I believe, is, is, is how you say it. So, listen, Utah State's been rolling for a little bit, and they're, they're really good. And they've had a great program. Of course, they had a great program with Sue Morrow back in the day. Uh, the spectrum where they play is a 10,000-seat arena where the fans are right on top of you. It's one of the hardest places to play, not just in the Mountain West, but in the entire nation. Their student section is absolutely bonkers. So it's a great basketball school. It really is. <clears throat> but, you know, you, you lose your head coach, and then they hired Danny Sprinkle, who was at Montana State for the previous four years. And Danny Sprinkle led Montana State's back-to-back NCAA tournament in 2022 and that last year as well. Well, he comes into Logan, and he brings his top two players from Montana State with him, and the Yosebor kid was at Montana State. And so bringing in transfers, and, you know, it just goes to show you that it's, it's a different day and age, right? Whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you lost every single point that was scored from the previous season's roster and had a, basically a brand-new roster, there's no way that you'd be able to do what, what they've been able to do. But with the transfer portal being the way it is, um, He's been able to just come into Utah State and just reload. They're, they're really good. Now, <clears throat> I'm not sure. You, know, you look at what their best win is on the season. It's probably San Francisco out of the West Coast Conference, a game that was in Logan. They haven't played type of schedule that Colorado State has. But they are really, really good. And, and CSU's going to have their hands full on, on Saturday. I'm telling you right now, that place is going to be an absolute beehive on Saturday night. It'll be sold out. You get a nationally ranked team in um, Mountain West Conference game number two, their home opener in the conference. Uh, that's that's a game that Utah State has circled being, look, <clears throat> we haven't had the greatest schedule. We've been really good so far. They just smoked Air Force down at Clean Arena yesterday, Jim, by 28 on the road. They're looking at this game Saturday night saying, this is a chance for us to get a marquee win. They're right in the NCAA tournament race. Uh, last time I saw they, they, they were one of the first four – uh, out, this is an opportunity to get a big time resume building win on Saturday night. So the Beehive reference, intentional or unintentional, since it is Utah, <laughs> the Beehive State. Oh, so. intentional. My favorite restaurant in Logan, Utah, is called the Beehive. 
It's so a great what, place in Logan. Well, Logan's a beautiful spot, oh, by yeah, the way. Yeah, absolutely, it's it is. Really gorgeous. So, what do they serve at the Beehive that uh, <laughs> Brian Roth craves when he goes to goes to Utah? Oof, well, I, I can't tell you exactly what I ordered, but they have some really nice breweries up in in, in Utah as well, and they have a great selection of uh, of craft beer uh, there at the Beehive. There's not a lot of places in Logan, Utah, where where you can go and, that's true. and, and get beers, right? <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, it's, that's uh, <laughs> one, one of the facts. that's still 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 part of uh, part of the whole thing in the, the state of Utah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a great it's a great restaurant. I I love Logan. It's a great place. Uh, and hey, I, I'm telling you, man, they 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 support their teams up there. And, and the, the Spectrum is a fun fun arena to to go and do a game in. And there's only ten thousand people there. You know, I mean, it's it's just going to be a it's going to be a massive challenge on Saturday night. So the Osamore kid's name is pronounced Grant, though it's spelled like it's great, correct? <clears throat> great question. I don't know because it looks like it's spelled <laughs> great, like it's great Osamore, which but that's yeah, a lot. No, I, that's I a lot to live great. up to. That's, great, a, right? that's his name is great, man. That's 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 a pretty heavy mantle his family's put on on that guy's shoulders to, to carry no, around. I'm looking at their roster right now. He's from England originally oh, okay. so i don't know if that uh, uh great is a common first name for some folks um, in, in britain or not but uh, I, I think it's great i mean I, I think it is okay that'd be awesome if that's if that's the case hey brian before we let you go i know you're not a big russ fan we've talked about this program just kind of you know russ looks like he's adios Goodbye, as a Denver Broncos quarterback. What's the Brian Roth take on Russ, and what happens next for the Broncos? Well, as I mentioned on the show last week, is it all Russ's fault? Of course not. Uh, and he would have had a longer leash if last year wasn't such a disaster. And was last year all of his fault? No. I mean, obviously Nathaniel Hackett had, had something to do with that as well. But Russ wasn't great last year. He was much better here this year. But you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's the NFL, and and. It's the Denver Broncos, and the goal is to win Super Bowl championships, right? And I just didn't see, I mean, Russell Wilson being a guy that's going to help the, the Broncos go to a Super Bowl, especially not at $45 million per year, and it handcuffs you in other areas. And it was, it, was it smart to sign him to the extension before he ever played a game in the Bronco uniform? Of course not. It's easier to say it, but now, in hindsight, I was all for the Russ trade when it happened. I was excited like every other Bronco fan in Broncos country. But, look, it's about putting yourself in position to win a Super Bowl. And I, I, I think you got to move on from him. And I told you that last week. And the Broncos obviously are, are making that call. You know, I was at the game on uh, on Sunday, Jim. And I know the numbers for Jared Stidham didn't look great. But I sit in South stands at, at Bronco games. And so... You can kind of see stuff open up. Um, and I, I thought Stidham, he's, he's got a great arm. Uh, I, and I, he's athletic enough to make plays, but I thought he was really good in the pocket. And he was under pressure a lot in that game. And I'm just curious how many sacks Russell Wilson would have taken in that contest on Saturday and Sunday against the Chargers. I'm not saying Grant, I'm not saying Jared Stidham's the, the answer moving forward. But I'm just saying I, I thought he played better than the stats would indicate. So... Um, you know, let's move on, and I guess Broncos are going to be in purgatory for another few years until they find a quarterback, and maybe another few decades. Who knows how long purgatory lasts? Yeah, let's let's hope it doesn't last that long. So, okay, who do you think will be the Broncos quarterback in 2024? I think Jared Stidham has a good chance to be a Broncos quarterback. 
next year. The money's right. I think Sean likes him. I think he has a chance. I'm not saying he will. I think he has a chance. And then, of course, you go out, look at you know what what one of the veterans out there that that he can bring in. Um, you know, where, where do they draft a quarterback uh, in April? Uh, I don't see unless they move up and get somebody in in the first round. I don't see a, a rookie starting the season for the Rams or the uh, Broncos at quarterback. So I think there's a chance Stidham could be the quarterback. Not to say that Broncos country should be uber excited about that, but you're looking at the reality of the situation. But it's time to time to rebuild. And oh, we we heard us say that in the last eight years. Yeah, it's about every single one of the last eight years. Well, you got to rebuild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been, tough. it's been tough. It's like that New Year's resolution that you're going to eat better and work out more. And every year, hey, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. We're going to be. We'll have so and so quarterback. It'll be better. Yeah, it kind of feels a little bit like like Groundhog Day when it comes to that kind of thing. Hey, Brian, but, you know, let's have a world championship, right? In 2015. So I've always kind of said, okay, if your team has won a championship in the last decade, you can be critical, but you can't be. You know, you can't just throw your arms up and say, "Woe is me." as a fan base, right? So, but that was nine years ago. We're, we're reaching the end of that decade since the growth of the one, one, and, and it's time to start in the panic button. Are we ever going to be good again? Oh, you're, you're, I was going to say, it sounds yes. very much like this is your first day in Broncos country with it. <laughs> Cause it's been generations uh, since they were good. You, you should have seen, yeah, I day. wish you could have seen the Buckeye boy he's sitting, he's sitting over there very quietly. And when you said that, it's like his eyes went, and it's like a little, like a prairie dog popping his head out of a I pole. I was concerned for Brian that he's going to be excommunicated <laughs> from the fan base for not being in the, we've been dreadful for generations and we deserve to win now. <laughs> no, see, look, I, I've been going to games uh, with my grandfather, sitting in Old South Stand since like 1981, all right? He's about six and seven years old going to those games. So I grew up at the Old Mile High. I grew up at the, at the uh, new stadium. I've, I've seen a lot of bad. I've seen a lot of great. I've been to three Super Bowls. I mean, I, I understand perspective. And maybe that means I'm old, gentlemen. But I do have some perspective on this. But we're re- reaching the point where it's like, I'm not sure if we're ever going to be good again. Let us hope that is not the case. Let us hope. Hope, hope not. Brian, have a safe trip out to Utah. Of course, you can catch uh, Brian's call of the 13th Rank Rams taking on Utah State this Saturday on the Varsity app. So don't miss that. Brian, appreciate it, man. Hope you had a wonderful New Year. And, uh, We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. All right. Same to you. Take care. Brian Roth, voice of the CSU Rams, with us today. 13th ranked yeah. CSU Rams. Brian's time in Broncos country, time of death, 922. Well, then I'm poor guy. I must have had that happen a long yeah. time ago then because. How are they ever going to let it? him back into the stadium with reasoned and well thought out thoughts like that? Not sure that's no, it's, even allowed. It's like, like with, with Kurt's text. I understand his frustration. There are things that are a mess. I mm-hmm. don't disagree that there aren't there aren't things about this team that are a problem and are a mess. Yeah, but there are also some things to hopefully build on. Hopefully, was Sean Payton the right answer? Don't know yet. All I know is this much: they're on the cusp of winning nine games for the first time since 2016. If you're a Broncos fan, you have to look at that as progress. Now this. They're first dude. graders that haven't seen this team yeah. win, Jim. <laughs> How are they ever going to live? How are they going to know what it's like How to win? How are they going to know? What's going to feel like to be a champion? You got to look at it progress. And, but it does feel like it, it's not progress because of the situation with Russell Wilson. 
it feels like it steps backward. Because here you go again. Thought you had the quarterback. Quarter, quarterback you bring in and, and trade a lot of assets for. Mm-hmm. Has a really bad first year. Coach gets fired. Coach is part of the problem. Second year, new coach comes in. Guy with a Super Bowl champion chip on his resume. Denver's better. Russ is better. But it's not good enough for Sean Payton. And, and so it, it does feel like you're taking, even though you're making steps forward, mm-hmm. you're going to be better than you've been since the year at the season after you won the Super Bowl in terms of wins. The offense from a scoring offense standpoint has gone from DFL yep. to close to the upper half of the league. MFP. Yeah. Middle of the pack. Russ is one of the better, statistically one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now. You look at all these things, you're going, okay, these Ratings, are good things. Touchdown interception ratio. Yep. Things you should go, okay, we're in, on the verge, you know, we're in the playoff conversation deep into the month of December. Up to Christmas weekend, the Broncos were in mm-hmm. the playoff and New Year's weekend. He's won more games shows. than 12 other teams this year. And so you, you have to sit there. It's kind of like, it's not exactly like the Avalanche situation because the Broncos are not nearly as talented or as mm-hmm. good as the Avalanche. But you have to also look at what are, what what what's the brass tax here? What's what's the record? For the first it, time in four years, you're going to finish out of the basement. Yes. And statistically, or sorry, tiebreaker wise, at worst, you'll be third in the AFC West. You could Perfect. finish second. You're not going to make the playoffs. But also, when you look at the AFC, there's five teams with 10 wins. And the AFC South legally has to have a team in the playoffs. So you're kind of muscled out by all these other teams winning so many games. A lot of years, nine wins probably get you in as a wild card. Yeah. Not this year. It's just that's how this year's worked out. There's been progress here. And sometimes I think people... And what you're referencing and what Brian references is this. It's got to be great now. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton's supposed to take him to a Super Bowl year one. Really? Russ is supposed to take him to a Super Bowl year year two. Really? That's that's insane. It You're supposed to go from winning the Super Bowl. This is what I hear from most people. This is the vibe I get. You go from winning the Super Bowl to the next year. Yeah, eat it, 72 Dolphins. That's the progress your team's supposed to make. Because Not, you being a you being a fan of a team that is long long suffering, long struggling. Yeah. If you would have seen this kind of progress from your team, five to potentially nine wins. I have. And you have. You go, okay, I'm happy with this. Yeah. I could it could be better and I want it to be better. And I, I want us to have a I want to have a quarterback that I know is going to be there for the next, you know, however many years. Mm-hmm. We get reliable quarterback play because that's been it's a Broncos problem now. It's been a Browns problem and could still very well be a problem, but now it's a place of pleasant problem because of the way Joe Flacco is playing that you you just look for the progress. And sometimes I think we get we get so caught up in got to win now. Yeah. Got to be great now. And you'd be finally into the losing streak to the Chiefs. Yeah. Be happy about some of these things as we go into 2024 can't be all bad it's not all great i'm not i'm not trying to tell you it's all skittles and barbecue and beer and and rainbows and ponies because it's not but it's also not the worst that it's been 
there's ugly parts to it. The thing with Russ and Sean Payton and all that, it's not good. It's not great. I'm not sit, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's great and it's how it should be. Mm-hmm. I think Russ is being done wrong here to a, to a large part. I... But but it's still there's a lot of good things about yeah. what the what the Broncos accomplished this year. They're building, you know, and that's what it has to be. You have to build. You talk about my team. They went zero and sixteen in twenty seventeen. Which thank goodness Denver's never done that. They've never done that. My team's three games over five hundred in the six seasons mm. since, which is incredible. They went one and thirty one across two seasons. And what's your third playoff appearance since ninety nine? Yeah. I mean, think about think about that for a moment. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Denver's Broncos won a Super Bowl five in a row and been to two Super Bowls in that stretch yeah. since 1999. Since since Cleveland left for Baltimore, this is their third playoff appearance. Broncos have won three Super Bowls in that time frame, but you have the some. I keep I keep getting in trouble. Some. Lunatic fans that 12 and 4 and a Super Bowl win was not good enough. You got to get better next year. Your your offense was 16th in yards. That's not that's not nearly good enough. You have some of those. Whereas other fan bases are like, eh, it's been 60 years since we won. <laughs> Anything. I just think like you- this league was not as it is currently constructed the last time some teams won. Gotta, gotta Look at Lions it, yeah. fans. Look at Jim Landis, yeah. our buddy on the text line. Exactly. He's probably looking at some of the other, and it's not just the Broncos. It's there are other teams in the league. You're looking at them like, you are lunatics for some of this stuff. Not all of you, obviously. But there's some of it where you're like, come on, man. Let's, let's put this in perspective. Yeah. Let's be realistic. Let's have realistic expectations. You want to know something that is just absolutely ridiculous? Kevin Stefanski is closing in on the top five all time in Browns wins as a head coach. That's insane. (laughs) How long has he been there? This is his fourth season. Yeah, that's that's incredible. It's a team who's 80 years old. He is five shots. He'll catch Marty Schottenheimer next year. So he's got what? Paul Brown, obviously, Rattigliano. Uh Brown, Blanton Collier, Rattigliano, Bill yeah. Belichick, and Marty. Okay. He's 150 away from Paul Brown. If he gets there, I'm probably having a Flacco tattoo <laughs> or somebody else. <laughs> you mentioned our friend Jim Landis mm-hmm. and the Lions. Lions are in the playoffs. Doesn't matter what happens yeah. in their final game. But if they end up with a wild card... They're 0-9 on the wild card. Mm -hmm. If you're uh, the fighting knee biters, you hope you don't, you hope you're a division winner. You win the NFC. I mean, they are. They're three games up. Uh, I mean, they've clinched. They're three games up of in Green Bay with one to play for the Lions. So they will be playing a home game in the playoffs. But that's a good thing that they're not going to be. I guess they're in the wild card round, though. That's. Yeah, so that's that's where it is. They are in the wild card round. To, to, to provide clarification, they're going to win the division, not, but they're going to play that weekend. Mm-hmm. And they've, they last uh, won a playoff game in 91. They've never won in the wild card round. The way it shifts Even up. Even though right. they'll be a division winner. You, but You know who they would play right now? They would host 
Matthew Stafford oh. and the Rams. Oh, oh that's saucy. Matty Stafford yeah. coming home to Ford Field. Also, Philly would be at Baker Mayfield <laughs> if it all started today. All right, 932. We'll take so a break. Glorious. We'll come back. We'll have a four-down territory also this day in sports history. Still have time to get your wine in today. Well, why don't you cry about it? Doing a bottle of Talon wine. You can send it to us on the team. Text line, phone line, 970-242-1340. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. All right, welcome back. 936. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Wine about a Wednesday from Talon Wine. Got something you want to complain about today? Uh, let's see. From Andy on the team line today. Super happy with the Broncos. Yeah, they're frustrating at times, but if they can have a winning record of limited talent, I'll be thrilled. So Andy's got, got a positive take on it today. Appreciate that, Andy. Time of death, 936. <laughs> Going to lose your card. They're riding it's, it's for okay. you. It's okay, Andy. It's like Wyatt Earp. Stand tall, Doc Andy. Holiday, coming, Stand tall. Coming for you. We need you on that wall. Yeah. It's time for uh, four down territory this morning. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis show on the team. <laughs> All right. Let's just, okay. We'll start out with the Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel cage match. That uh, Jimmy Kimmel has threatened Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers with court action after Rodgers alleged the, na- the late night talk show host's name would be included in a soon to be unsealed information from a civil case filed against convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. That the court documents from the case filed against Epstein before his death include names of more than 150 people that had previously been redacted from court filings, and Rodgers implied Kimmel would be among those named during an appearance on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. Here you go. Here's Aaron Rodgers taking his shot at, uh, well, at Jimmy Kimmel. If I can find it, I had it here. Where did it go? I believe I lost it. I had it somewhere. I'm not a fan of... Here we go. I'm sorry, go ahead. Jimmy Kimmel, but this is out of bounds. Here it is. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out. (laughs) Feels like, feels like it's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out. Look, soon. this guy's been waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine <laughs> cellar for this thing. <laughs> a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list and then. Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm-hmm. Aaron has not forgotten about that, but here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something <laughs> He's awesome. been waiting That's for the that. one. <laughs> You've been waiting for yeah, I'll tell you what. If that list comes out, I definitely will be popping, popping some sort of bottle. Why? <laughs> like, what? Why? Be- because he hates Kimmel, because Kimmel made fun of him about called Rodgers a Green Bay whack packer after Rodgers made comments in February of last year 
suggesting that the news of UFOs was intentionally released to distract the public from the potential reveal of the Epstein list. They both, by the way, McAfee's show and Kimmel's show were both Disney ABC products, by the way. Uh, ESPN, by the way, has not released any statement on what was said yesterday. As much as they're paying McAfee, who pays Rogers to come on his show, they're probably not going to say anything. Uh, Kimmel did tweet out, for the record, I've never met, flown with, visitor, had any contact, whether with Epstein, nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft-brained wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. You're reckless. And there's more to the tweet than that. He doesn't have to like Kimmel. Okay, he doesn't have to like the fact that Kimmel's made fun of him for things that he's said. Aaron Rodgers has also brought these things upon himself by saying some of these things publicly. You have to like Kimmel. Okay. I, I, I am to like Jimmy Kimmel, but that has no bearing here. He's a comedian. He's used to giving out and, and giving back, I think, as good mm-hmm. as, he, as he gives. But this is, this is uncalled for. Yeah. You're implying that the man was involved in sex trafficking. You can call him a moron, a jack wagon, a Delta Bravo, whatever you want to call him. I do like that Aaron's tinfoil hat on all this random stupid crap is looking very much like the actual top of his head. How about, Aaron, you just keep your stuff to yourself? How about that? How about you just keep all these things to yourself? Because... Because obviously he's he's too thin-skinned to handle it when it comes back in his direction. I absolutely refuse to watch Pat McAfee's show on a Tuesday or a Wednesday now because of Aaron Rodgers. I just can't. Other days, they what? usually kind of stray far away from him and all graze in and out. One, once again, can't. perfectly happy, thrilled that he did not come to Denver Yeah, to be the Broncos quarterback. Because then... The Broncos would be on the bottom third of the television screen every time his name popped <laughs> Exactly. So that's a missed bullet there. All right. So Bill Belichick, as we move on to second down, could continue to be the Patriots coach. Might not be the Patriots coach. Mm-hmm. We don't know yet. He was on the Greg Hill show in Boston on Tuesday. You know, if I was going to do anything, I'd put it out there on Twitter and my face <laughs> so everybody could see it. Uh, last time I checked, there's no such thing as my face. There was MySpace yeah. 8,000 years ago. See, and to me, that's an old entire <laughs> gimmick because he obviously knows what Twitter is or was. So uh, so he has to know about all this other stuff. So I'm thinking... Like, he's not that old. I'm just kind of thinking that Bill Belichick made that up and is being a smart aleck. Yeah, he's just being a turd trying to show how cool he is that he doesn't <laughs> care about any of this stuff. I know plenty of 71-year-olds that shouldn't be but are on facebook did you ever have a myspace account oh yeah at 100 i i had a myspace i have yet to uh yet to do tiktok uh we kind of teased this but i don't think we necessarily got to it david tepper has been oh, fined yes. three hundred thousand dollars for hydrating a jacksonville jaguars fan at the Panthers game the other day. Speaking of thin-skinned, we talked Aaron Rodgers. David Tepper provided, I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior on Sunday. I should have let NFL Stadium Security handle any issues that arose. 
I respect the NFL's code of conduct and accept the league's discipline for my behavior because that's like finding you and me one dollar. Yeah, it's he's a billionaire. He's fined three hundred thousand dollars. He has that in his couch. Actually, he's lost that in the seats of his car. And it's like, all right, yeah, I respect the league's decision to find me one dollar. It is fifty thousand dollars more than what Bud Adams was fined yeah. for flipping off fans. The so former, the late owner of the the, the Titans. The and Panthers Oilers. gin and tonic costs fifty grand essentially. And what exactly was security going to do? Hey, you can't say that. <laughs> You're Jacksonville. He's like, hey, uh, you you probably shouldn't say that. He's just trying to hydrate a fan, and he gets fined three hundred thousand. He's just trying to provide a, a, yeah. a public service to it's those, Florida. those it's thirsty Jacksonville fans. You know, he's thirsty. It's a five hundred. It's a fifty thousand dollar gin and tonic. We just found out. So he's like, here, have a sip. And so here, yeah. little people, yeah. have here, a sip of my beverage. Have a sip. Enjoy my beverage. Uh, so, and then we move on. We're uh, we're now talking about gimmick infringement. Dan Orlovsky is waded into Rex Ryan's gimmick. What fetish? A little bit. Don't know if you saw first take yesterday, which I hope you didn't because we were doing a show at the same time. I I did not. Uh, Molly Kiram noted that Stephen A. Smith finally paid off a bet he lost to her and bought her a new pair of shoes. She displayed the new pair of shoes. Dan Orlovsky somehow got one and did an inspection that included... A nice, long sniff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not not sure. Dan stops spending so much time with Rex. Not sure what really happened there, but here's a little taste. You don't need need to know. You don't know anything about brand. You're the last person to talk about brand. Is that something? Yeah. Him of all people. Are you really sniffing the shoe? I just got the shoe and I typed on. Don't be weird. I don't know about you, Dan. I got to keep an eye on you. You know, he might have a foot fetish. I like her. Don't be weird. Don't be weird, Dan. Don't be weird. Dan, a little weird. A little strange. Very bizarre. Great analyst. Really weird. Weird guy. All right, so that's four down territory. Yeah. Likes boiled chicken, too, which is strange. Yeah. Like unseasoned boiled chicken. Like in a salad or something, it's okay just to eat it. Oh, just straight two chicken breasts Mm. boiled to Mm. death. And, yeah. Uh, Okay. No sauce, no ew, seasoning. Ew, no, no. What are you doing? No, no. Can't, can't go for that. No, no. Oh, well, that's embarrassing. Yes, it is. It's gross. Yeah, it's, it's gross. Yeah. All right, it's uh, time for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1920, Boston Red Sox owner Harry Frazee sells pitcher outfielder Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees for $125,000 plus a $350,000 loan to do the Broadway show Nana Nanette for his girlfriend. On this day, 1973, a 12-member group headed by George Steinbrenner buys the New York Yankees from the Columbia Broadcasting System for $10 million. Yes, CBS, once upon a time, Owned the New York Yankees. 1991, Wayne Gretzky scores 
Three goals, including his 700th as the L.A. Kings beat the New York Islanders by the score of 6-3. to 1995, Nebraska, the fourth team to finish 13-0 in Division I. A football history wins its first national title since 1971 as the Cornhuskers are the overwhelming choice in the Associated Press poll. 1998, Michigan wins its first national championship since 1948 as the Wolverines are officially declared the number one team in the final AP poll. Coach's poll jumps Nebraska to the number one spot, creating a split national championship for the third time in the 90s. And that's why we have a college football playoff. Thank God we do. Also on this day, 2010, Chris Johnson runs for 100, Chris Johnson, excuse me, runs for 134 yards and two touchdowns in Tennessee's 17-13 win over Seattle and finishes the year with 2,006 yards. And finally, 2015, a month shy of 43, Yarmer Yager scores three times to pass Gordie Howe and becomes the oldest NHL player to record a hat-trick, leading New Jersey to a 5-2 win over the Philadelphia Flyers. All right, that's this day in sports history. We'll take a break. We'll come back, wrap it up with some garbage time. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. They're a lot of fun. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. On Colorado's sports leader, the Team. 9.51, Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Tomorrow's program, Mark Johnson will join us, voice of the Buffaloes. I believe, I'm going to verify that because they uh, will be in Arizona tomorrow night in Tucson. So we'll uh, make sure Mark is good for that tomorrow. I believe you've been, you're working on Kyle Crowder for uh, for Delta. Oh, yeah. I am. Oh, yeah. As it turns you out. Are, yeah. You will be in about uh, five minutes or so. Yep. Because I totally forgot. Okay. That's all right. Well, little, New Year, uh, same me. little on-air production meeting. Hopefully, Kyle Crowder, Delta Panthers coach, with us tomorrow. All right. Uh, let's open up the lid and hop in, wrap it up with some garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right, a few odds and ends today. We mentioned Bill Belichick uh, in an interview said that he'll announce his decision and what's going to happen on Twitter. My face. Yeah. Apparently... There are a couple of teams that are very interested in Belichick. Can you name the two that are interested in him? This is from Josina Anderson, one-time ESPN NFL reporter. She now works for CBS Sports. I'm going to say the Commies and the Chargers. We got one of them right. That was the last one, the Ooh. Chargers. Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I should have should have seen that one coming. I think Belichick's really going <laughs> to... Can tell mm-hmm. David Tepper to go pound sand, and also, uh, if you've been wondering what Connor Stallions has been up to, well, guess where yeah. he guess where he was on New Year's Day? Uh, across the sideline <laughs> from Alabama to Rose Bowl. I'm yes, say. he was. Oh, look at that. The uh, former Wolverines defensive end Chase Winovich sharing a picture of Stallions on his Instagram story that featured. That featured Stallions at the Rose Bowl. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Colin Cowherd's at it again. Oh, the Houston Texans thing? Yeah. Uh, they're the first team with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback to make the playoffs since 2012. The only problem, they're not actually in the playoffs. They, you've yet to qualify. Got to win. They got to beat the Colts. Yeah. They also, he also says they've got great weapons like Tank Dell, who hasn't played in a month. 
because he's got a broken leg. Yeah. So. That's a problem. That's also the same football season that he says Dwayne Haskins is not going to take his team to the Super Bowl, which he's not because Dwayne Haskins is dead. Well, at least in the case of um, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. He's, he's alive. He's a former Ohio yes. State quarterback. <laughs> I was blanking on his name for a moment. Yep. I, think about, I still think about the Dwayne Haskins comment. He's a former Buckeye quarterback wearing number seven in the NFL that is still alive. He is very much alive, and his team is alive in for, the, a, for, the playoff for birth, a playoff they've spot. they've not made it yet. Yeah. Well, well done. Well done, Colin. Well done. Also, on Garbage Time this morning, Kirk Herb Street talking about uh, national championship and he for college football, which, of course, be in Houston on Monday between Michigan and Washington. Herbie thinks that the Rose Bowl should be the permanent site of the national championship game. Agree or disagree? I'll agree. It's granddaddy of them all. I'd be good with that, of it just being the permanent location. Though Stephen I, A. Smith thinks it should be at SoFi. Yeah, but he doesn't know anything about college football or tradition, or bowl games or tradition or all that is right and holy in the world. I don't think it should be the Rose Bowl game. I think the facility should host the championship game. Can be the... The CFP championship. The CFP championship game at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. There you yeah, go. The Great Bowl, because the Super Bowl is NFL. It's right. the Great Bowl. But you know they're going to want Rose Bowl in there, yeah. though. It's going to have to be in there some some way, somehow. All right, that's our show for today. Coming up next, it's uh, Jim Rome, 1 o'clock today, Dan Patrick, 4 o'clock, the Rich Eisen Show. For the Buckeye Boy, I'm Jim. Thanks again for listening. Join us tomorrow morning at 7 on the Team Sports Network.